0: This episode originally aired May 2019. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast, where I your host, Natasha Chandell, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is: could your insecurities be your biggest gifts? I don't know. Let's find out. Hey, hey, friends. I'm Natasha Chandel here with... Hey, guys. It's Aisha. Oh, yeah. Aisha (laughs) Holden. Um, And you're listening to Kinda Dating. Guys, if you like today's episode, please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it and leave us a five-star rating or review. We would be oh so grateful. Um, We are also on social media. We are at Kinda Dating on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm Natasha Chandel on Facebook, Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Aisha, where are you at? You guys can find me at Aisha Says Dance across all those social media platforms. Yes. Um, we have a really, really great show today. <coughs> uh, forgive me for coughing. I'm still getting over a cold. Um, forgive me. Uh, today we're talking about insecurities and we have an amazing guest. He is um, a psychotherapist author of Deeper Dating, How to Drop the Games of Seduction mm. and Discover the Power of Intimacy. Mm. He is also going to be a new podcast host by joining the club. Um, <laughs> you can listen to the Deeper Dating podcast. He has also been featured in Psychology Today and Oprah Magazine. Uh, um, welcome, Ken Page.
1: So glad to be here.
0: Ken, thank you so much for joining us all the way from New York. <laughs>
1: um.
0: How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. My son is performing in Carnegie Hall tonight. So I'm really excited with a chorus. So he's a senior in high school and uh, the whole family's gathering and we're super excited.
0: Oh my gosh. What an overachieving kid. (laughs) (laughs) Carnegie Hall. That's like crazy. Fun fact. When I was um, eight years old, well, seven to ten, um, I was part of the qu- like advanced choir in uh, school, and we sang the national anthem, guys, at Blue Jays game.
2: Yeah, you did. But wow. Ken,
0: you're a good dad because my parents missed it. <gasps> no, <laughs> they, they went on IST time, which is called Indian Standard Time. <laughs> so when they thought national anthem, they oh, thought it meant no. an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> Not at the beginning of the game. Now we're oh, into the
1: game. Oh no! Well, they tried.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't hold it against them. So my music funny. teacher did, though.
1: <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um. Ken, we ask every well. guest, single or in a relationship. Ken.
1: Yes. Sorry. Yes. All I said we
0: ask every guest, single or in a relationship.
1: Oh! Oh, you're asking me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you. I'm married. Oh you
3: did it. Happily? <laughs> <I'm kidding.
1: laughs> really pretty damn happily, uh, I have to say. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. That's
0: awesome. How long?
1: Uh, it's been, we've been together eight years. We've been married three and a half. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, you yeah. Guys are like legit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We're like legit. And the way we got married was actually really, really wild because my dad (laughs) had been telling us he said you and Greg fit together like an ass in a pail that was his expression (laughs) I still don't know like who of us is which but he wanted us (laughs) to get married and I was very commitment phobic for Mm -hmm. like years and finally he he was really he was an older older guy he was 90 years old and we, fi- we finally agreed to get married and he was like, he was really sick. And he said, I'm going to wait. I will wait. I will wait for your marriage. Mm. And he couldn't make it. He couldn't oh, make it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, the day that he was passing, the hospice nurse said, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? <laughs> get married in front of him. So we like hustled in a minister and... And a rabbi and everybody in the family came rushing down and we actually like said our vows and got married in front of him before he passed. So that was amazing, amazing. Oh
0: my gosh, what a great,
1: like
0: crazy story.
1: Crazy story, yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, well, I'm so glad that he got to see that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too, me too.
0: Thank you all for listening to Kinda Dating. If you already subscribed, great, we love you. If you're not, get on it. Go to that podcast app on your phone, computer, whatever, and hit the button now so you can get your fix weekly. Side effects include laughing your ass off, sorting out your shit, and finding true love. Isn't that what we all want? So you have an amazing book uh, called uh, Deeper Dating, How to Drop the Games of Seduction and Discover the Power of Intimacy. (laughs) Yes. Um, And I want to ask, is it safe to say that we all have insecurities? Hmm
1: absolutely we all have incurities and we all have fear of intimacy and oh. all of this stuff about like it's like kind of a pathology to have fear of intimacy is such bull because if you are breathing you have fear of intimacy yeah that's just the way it is
0: absolutely like in how what would way how would you describe that for people who well, don't know what that
1: means <laughs> sure 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 well okay so Love is like the greatest, most important thing there is. Mm-hmm. And to have it taken from you is the worst pain there is. Right. So who's not going to get neurotic around that? True. Nobody. Nobody. We all are neurotic around that. Like the question is not, do we have minefields? The question is, do we know what detonates the minefields Mm. and how to stay away from that detonation or at least like handle it in a human way? That's the only question. Not whether we have minefields because welcome to the world. We all have minefields.
0: And yeah, and you won't be able to escape it. Like at some point in life, you're going to... Yeah, you're gonna walk into one.
1: <laughs> right, that's right. And if you're like, if you're like me, I mean, when you meet someone who's really wonderful,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then they you you really like this person, and then you find out that they really like you, and they're actually available, <laughs> you're almost definitely gonna want to flee for at least oh, a yeah. little while. Yeah,
0: and I, I mean, yeah. I really. Uh, I empathize because I am that. <laughs> I think I'm much better now. I call myself a reform commitment phobe. Right. But, but um, I used to be for like many, many years, like a legit commitment phobe where if somebody liked me, I was like, bye. Like I would immediately <laughs> when I dated somebody, I'd be like, I don't want to be your girlfriend. We're good? Sure. Okay, then we're good right. to move forward.
1: And like, Isn't that the worst? I know. I know what that yeah. feels like. It's like, what is wrong with me?
0: But it's like, Now I'm so highly aware of it that I know that that's my default place to go. Mm. So whenever I get into something, I know that that's like my natural response will be to run. And I have to like be like, pause, calm down. (laughs) Nothing's happening. Everything is fine. This is safe. This is good. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's like something to always stay on top of
1: oh in a big way I think it. I personally think it is the single greatest destroyer of healthy new relationships that exists on this planet mm. is 100%. exactly that yeah and I I know because I had it really bad too I mean I had it really bad I had it worse than anybody I knew and even with my husband it's um
0: like how Wait, now I'm so curious <laughs> what did you do Ken
1: well oh my god so so well first of all um It was just decades of chronic singlehood where my Mm. feeling was, what am I lacking that I can't find love? The reality was more like everyone who was interested in me was like boring or not good enough or I just got this like repulsive feeling inside Mm. and I had to flee. Mm. So that was my life for a really, really long time and I had it really bad and then I met Greg and um, I remember writing a journal Maybe I was right for like wanting to run away from all those people because yeah. I met this guy and I don't have it for the first time do not have I call I call it the wave the wave of distancing and mm-hmm. you know it's really I was like the wave is not hitting me I'm free mm-hmm. maybe I never really had the wave maybe it was just him and then when I really got it that he wasn't going anywhere all of a sudden, I just wanted to flee. Wow. The wave hit me like a ton of bricks. And I would say for like a year and a half, I would go from, get me out of here. I have no feelings at all to, wow. oh my God, my feelings are back. I love this guy. <laughs> um,
0: wow. wow, that's crazy. I feel like I've been on the receiving end or I've, I've been <laughs> no, on, on the end of both. <laughs> like I've I've been the person that's run and I think the last couple relationships I was with people who, when they that like everything mm. was going great, they were like, "Holy shit, I'm freaking out!" And then they like ran. I was like, "Bye."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, progress for you, right? It wasn't yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For
0: once, it wasn't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you think people are doing that because they're? It's sort of like I'm going to get out before you can get out. You know, like I'm going to do this yeah. before you can do this to me. Is that sort of where that comes from?
1: Like, why I are we running it for does, good but- stuff? <laughs> I know, I know, right, (laughs) right, right, because I think it's like, um, this is like the image that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember being in the woods when I was a little kid, and this bird attacked me, just this little bird, like, attacked me, (laughs) and then when that didn't work, I, like, swatted it away, it fell on the ground and started writhing around like it was, like, you know, sick and I could get it and eat it as a predator. Uh It's like, what is going on? And the person I was with said, you're getting really close to his net, to her nest. And when you get close to the nest, she acts out wildly because she's going to do anything to protect her babies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what I think happens. I think like if you meet someone who really could be the one, Mm -hmm. that's like someone's getting really close to the nest. Mm -hmm. And some crazy part of us just freaks out and acts out and does everything we can to protect the babies, the Mm -hmm. babies being us. right? So, yeah, I think that's kind of what it is.
0: Yeah, I have a theory that I, I also think uh, the reason people have a hard time dating is because uh, we actually don't know how to cope with emotions around it. Like I always tell people, I'm like, sure. dating isn't hard. What's hard is like you dealing with your emotions after a date. When so it's kind of like, even when you get really close to somebody, um, the hard part is worrying about kind of what you said, like somebody getting close to the nest means they could potentially hurt me. And, yeah. and the potential for hurt means I don't know if I can cope with the right. pain around that, you know? And so, I just feel like we're all, like, sort of protecting us because, like, we haven't really been trained on, like, how to handle yeah shitty feelings, <laughs> you know? Because, like, having to deal with pain and can take a lot out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ken, tell us about what you have found. Uh, I want to just get into the premise of um, what today's episode is, but also you wrote the Psychology Today article. And what have you found that was really interesting, I found, about people's insecurities?
1: oh yeah well first let me just go back for a second and say i think that's a really interesting thing you said that it's like dealing with the feelings afterwards and i think that's that's really really true because we have these ripples these repercussions that seem like they come out of nowhere and we don't really understand them so yeah really really good point there maybe we'll get to get back to that at some point but um but yeah yeah so this I have been a therapist, a psychotherapist, for a lot of years, and uh, something became clear to me, I would say like 20 years into my practice, it took that long for it to become clear. And that was, again and again, I would be sitting with my clients, and they would be, I could see them defending against a certain part of themselves, protecting against a certain part of themselves, like hiding a part of themselves, Mm -hmm. covering it, maybe being ashamed of that part. Yeah, and again and again, I kept thinking, oh my God, that's where the gold is. (laughs) Like, this is the part of you that I like the most. Mm. This is like the part of you that is actually the most beautiful. And, after kind of being hit with that again and again in a million ways, and then living through that in my own life and in, you know teaching different people, I saw that, that the part of ourselves that we feel, like really simply, the part of ourselves where we feel the most timid about revealing it, or the most embarrassed or the most afraid, is the part of ourselves where we are the most amazing and we're the right kind of person. That's point zero where they would fall in love with us. Mm. So and I. Again- it's so true, and it's so amazing. Who would think that that was true? Especially, like I feel like the dating advice we get is like, stay away from that part at all costs because <laughs> it is not polished enough, right. it is not confident enough, it's not cool enough. Like, I think that's one of the biggest killers is the dating advice that we get, and I really often think like I have heard my son in high school and middle school talk with his friends girls and boys about dating and I feel like dating advice like modern dating advice is like was written by like a group of these like (laughs) young neurotic teenagers. Yeah. Oh my god. funny.
0: Because it kind of is to be honest with you. I mean half of them are just like millennial bloggers that have an opinion and not anybody who's really experienced or you know
1: um, yeah, so it kinda yeah. kind of is. <laughs> I, I think a lot of it really is. And then the older folks who are the dating coaches and right. advisors, they say the same kind of like tragic, ridiculous thing, which is like, you have to be authentic, but then you have to be confident. Yeah. Well, what if you cannot like do those two things at the same time? <laughs> yeah. And most of us really can't. There's like a ring of fire of yeah. vulnerability where we have to like pass through like, Oh, shit, this is like the part of me I'm ashamed of. This is the part of me I'm embarrassed by. And when we can walk through that, we become kind of amazing. But the deal is, that's the big filter. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that, you only, only want to be with someone who loves what they see. And not someone who steps on it. And that's how, like, the best way to protect yourself is by showing that part of yourself, but with eyes open. Wow. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah.
0: So, why do you think we've made ourselves believe that insecurities are bad? Or just like the parts of us that you mentioned. Like, I think one example you gave was, um, I think the article was also about like codependency. And a lot of codependents are naturally givers, Mm
3: -hmm. right?
0: And they almost just like give too much. And then then they become like ashamed of giving too much.
1: Absolutely. And you know, we pathologize codependency, but all it is in most cases, codependency is a breathtaking generosity that we don't know how to curate or manage or set boundaries around.
3: Mm-hmm. But
1: the gift is the key. And this is the amazing thing. And uh, you know, I talk about this in detail in my book and in my podcast. But the parts of ourselves that we feel the most insecure around, the parts we're most ashamed about, always, 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 there is one of our what I call core gifts at the bottom of that, which is a part of us that cares so deeply that we're prone to kind of screw up because we don't know how to handle how deep our caring is yeah. in that place. And those are the best parts of us.
0: hmm Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that also really resonated with me because I was a codependent um, very much. So I, you know, three of my exes were addicts in different forms. And, uh, And when I was a kid, my dad always said it to me, like I was the kid who gave my lunch money if somebody ever said that they were hungry. So I never Mm. ate lunch ever. (laughs) And my parents were always like, did you eat? And I just started lying because then, and then when they found out they would stop giving me lunch money because (laughs) I was always just giving it away if somebody said that. And and my dad used to always get mad at me. He's like, you have to like learn who to give to. And I'd be like, no everybody <laughs> deserves it and then as i grew older just like you started getting taken advantage of and i right. remember the most painful thing for me was when my like abusive ex like cheated on me the reason he gave to the girl that he cheated on me with cuz she told me was that um it's cuz you were too nice mm. and i remember mm. getting so upset by that being like wow i never thought being too nice
2: could be a hurtful
0: thing. (laughs) And then I became the opposite. And I went, I was like, fuck you then, fine. Like, I will show you that I won't be nice. And then I just became the commitment phobe who was just, and then guys would be like, dude, you're heartless. I was like, (laughs) I don't know how it went to the other extreme. And like, but it took a lot of work to finally, and you're right, to finally come out and say to myself, like, that was a good part of me mm-hmm. and it was just the wrong person I, I gave that niceness to or like the I didn't set boundaries around that niceness.
1: Yeah. That story is everything. That captures all the different components. It captures like these gifts inside us and everyone who's listening can feel it on some level. What are the parts of you where the feeling is so big that you thought, I need to shut this down if I'm going to survive in the world? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And And really the task of like greatness in relationships and in life is to reclaim that part and help it manage to function in the world. But we're never, it's like you can't, like you are not going to stop giving away your lunch money just by being told to stop. If you could have been told you have a gift that is bigger than the size of your body, it's big, it's huge, it's vast. It's an incredible gift and it's really hard to know how to manage a gift like that. If you were told that, you probably could have begun to grab a hold of it and make yeah. some changes, but we don't get taught that.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: we get taught to protect ourselves.
1: Yep. We get taught to protect ourselves. Always. And here's always, yeah, and here's the deal. The deal is when you reclaim, and this is something that in my, in my workshops, in my classes, in my intensives, I see this all the time. When people get to notice what their core gifts are. And I can give you all a process for figuring that out for yourself. Mm -hmm. But when you get to notice what your core gifts are, and then you finally say, hey, this was not a bad thing. I'm gonna honor it. I'm gonna dignify it. I'm gonna validate it some wild stuff happens. Mm-hmm. One thing that happens is your sexual attractions actually begin to change. Oh. And you're romantic. You start it, it's amazing. You start getting turned on to people who are good for you. <laughs> <because there's, laughs> What's that like? <laughs> I know. I know, right? That's a it's a crazy thing. It's like you feel like how would that ever happen? But when you start honoring those qualities, it happens. And then you start finding them more. And then you start dating them more and you'd find that you don't want to run for the hills. It's an incredible thing. It's like that, I call that the deeper physics of dating mm. is that when you embrace those parts of yourself, you start meeting people who can also embrace them and cherish them. And I know that sounds very woo-woo, but really after like 30 years as a therapist, I have seen that happen so many times. It's like it's like a kind of uh, provable miracle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it comes... Oh, go ahead. No, no, yeah. no, please finish. Well, it comes from exactly this, exactly the story you told, Natasha, of reclaiming those parts of you that have been there all along that like maybe have gotten stepped on in the world or dishonored. And then you learned that you needed to kind of get rid of them or cover them up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Um, can you give some examples? Can of like beyond like the nice buttons. Like what about like what if I have a fucking temper? <laughs> like is
3: that like yeah.
0: a is that a is that a core gift <laughs> that that like I'm ashamed of, but I but that could be a gift.
1: Really? Or like <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying. To, I, I just want people
0: to like think of like what what kind of things are we talking about? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you a few different examples here. Um, I'll come back to the anger one. but here's one example: truth teller. Some people are truth tellers. They just cannot so stand <laughs> lies. They they just can't bear the fakeness in the room, so they say something, and everybody's like, "Oh shit." Why didn't she do that? Oh, Why yeah. did she say that? And they punish the person or God knows how many people have been the truth teller. How many of you listening have been the truth teller in your family and got in huge trouble for it? Oh yeah. You does. know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's a core gift. That's a core gift. But it's. But here's the deal. Our biggest immaturities just like our biggest wounds, swirl around our greatest gifts. Mm-hmm. Until we accept them, we can never help them grow up. But using using anger as an example of that, I'm going to tell you a story of, of someone who, uh, this, is, this is someone who had a really bad temper. And he was in Egypt um, on a job. And there was this sweet little girl who uh, was like, she was very sparky and uh, kind of fiery. And she sold postcards. That was what she did. She Mm -hmm. sold postcards. And um, this cop kept taking her money. And um, this person I know saw this week after week. He saw the cop take her money. And this guy had a really bad temper problem. So he grabbed the cop flung him against the fence, put him in half Nelson, took out the money and screamed in his ear, don't you ever fucking do that again. (laughs) And he said to the girl, run. And and then he realized that he could have gone to jail for a lot of years. (laughs) And he got away with it. He got away with it. He was in a kind of powerful position. He got away with it. But we talked about it afterwards and we realized that all his life, his anger was an anger for righteousness. Mm. And God, he expressed it in really intense ways, including violent ways. But he didn't just do it to do it. He did it when something felt wrong mm. and pissed him off. So that's just it's one Batman. example. <laughs> Whoa, what was that? So it sounds like Batman. <laughs> like Batman, yes. He was kinda, it was like a Batman thing. It was yeah. like a superhero thing. Totally. But it got him in a hell of a lot of trouble. Mm. And it, But it was an example he had to learn that when stuff happens that feels unfair, he's going to get furious, mm-hmm. and then he had to find the gift in that, and it was the gift of justice. And then he had to figure out how to get a little bit more mature around it. But that never would have worked if he didn't see the gift. So that's another example. That's a good wow, one. Yeah. I
0: mean, you know, it's interesting because, like, with um, we do uh, the segment called Six Questions at the end of the show, which you're also going to do, Ken. <laughs> um, but okay. Uh, it tends to find like one of one of the questions of what's your strength and what's your weakness. And I tend to find like some people will say whatever their strength is is also their weakness. Yep. And so do you think like with kind of these examples, it's like it's like whatever is now you're so you're doing it vice versa. What is what you feel is your weakness can also be your strength. Is it just a matter of like finding the boundary for it?
1: I think the first step is naming the gift. Right. In so all of my classes it. Here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. Um, I'm going to just ask you, I'm going to tell you a few questions that you can ask that will help you find your core gifts. Okay. So here's a fabulous one. What are the parts of you that in your dating life you feel the most timid to reveal? Now, I'm not talking about like experiences that maybe you feel embarrassed to talk mm-hmm. about. I'm actually talking about like parts of your personality. And if you just take a minute and think about what are the parts of my personality that I feel the most awkward and embarrassed or Wait, can, timid Can,
0: Aisha to and share.
1: can
0: I share this out loud? Oh, God. Oh, I love it. I love it. I should go. <laughs> no, over. don't overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> what part of so, you do so, you feel most I to, timid about? Yeah,
1: Aisha, so like, like there you are, you're <laughs> in a romantic situation on a date, it's the part that you feel like, oh, like it's kind of too precious, this part of me, or kind of too awkward or vulnerable, like this is not someone everyone gets to see. What's that part?
2: <sighs> God, what is that part? Um... <laughs> <laughs>
0: He just throw me darts. I'm like, so. Why did you put me on... Okay, <laughs> fine. I'll go first. I'll yeah. go first. Um, then you can. Think. I think for <laughs> me, I think for me, it's uh It's like being softer. I think that's really really mm-hmm. hard for me. Like, isn't yeah. I'm, I'm not hard at all. But I think like, um, I think people think I'm super confident, and and sometimes I'm just. Like it, t- it takes a lot for me to be super lovey with somebody. Is that, does that yeah. count? Yeah,
1: it totally counts because what you're saying is I'm afraid of the vastness and the size of my love and my softness. Yeah. I'm just afraid of it. And what I would say is that's where your soul lives. Yeah. And that's the most amazing part of you. And as you grow, just the way you've been describing and you reveal that more and more, you'll see the effects in the world and your life and your love life. Because when you're that person and you say, I only, only want to be with people that really honor that, then your world changes. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm still, yeah, I'm still trying to push that one. <laughs> Are, you I get sure? it, Are you still it, thinking? It, um, I guess it's... um
2: really shy. Is that one? I'm like super shy. Um, And then similar people think I'm like super confident. And people even said that they're intimidated by me. Um, And I'm just like, well, I'm like a little shy teddy bear who doesn't like these situations.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. 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 That, that, that shyness, shyness is a really, really good one. And, and what that is, what that is, it's a tenderness of spirit. Right? Does that seem accurate?
0: Yeah, she's nodding. You
1: can't yeah. See it, yeah. She is. So that's like a mark of a core gift for you that tenderness of spirit. And, um, uh, like like, often people who are shy have a uh, always have a tenderness of spirit. They also often have a kind of quality of humility, mm. a grace, a kind of stepping backward and letting someone else step forward. It's a kind of quiet generosity. Those are holy gifts. Those are big deals. Those are gorgeous qualities. That I but agree. There,
0: she is all of those things for sure. Yeah,
1: there you go. So by Aisha saying mm-hmm. where she feels most timid, Natasha, you were able to say, yep, I know you, I see you, and that is a core <laughs> gift. So that's one way that we can find out about them. And you both mm-hmm. like told really cool ones. And, you know, they, those two qualities make sense that you could work together so well mm-hmm. because you would both be safe with each other. Right.
0: We
2: are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, are there other ways that people can try to identify them?
1: Absolutely. And I'm going to give you a two day exercise oh, that will, when you finish this two day exercise, it's not going to take two days of work. All it's going to take is like a period of two days and, um, something you can write in. And here's what, and, and by the end of these two days, you will know more what your core gifts are. So here's what it is. So for two days, you're going to ask yourself two questions. And the two questions are this. The first one is like, what do you notice? really kind of touches you makes you feel warm makes you feel good makes you feel inspired Mm. and it could be anything it could be like the you know the um the checkout person who's like you know like like kind of like surly and quiet and then all of a sudden you notice they always put the fruits on top of the bag Mm -hmm. or um you know somebody who It could be honesty, it could be kindness, it could be wild creativity, it could be bravery. Whatever it is, you just notice the things that that inspire you, that kind of quicken your heart and you write them down. You write each one down and you think for each one, what could this say about what a core gift of mine might be? Mm -hmm. And after two days of doing that, it's like a connect the dots puzzle. Like there's all these random dots and Mm -hmm. then you connect them and a picture comes out. Well, that picture is going to be your core gift to take two days to do that. That's part one. But you were going to say something, Natasha.
0: So, wow, you are, you are fucking perceptive. <laughs> um, I was about to say something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, can that also be, like you sort of said, like, quote, unquote, negative gifts or like the kinds of, I mean, that's a stupid oxymoron in a way, but... Um, uh, like example with the anger story, right? Like he was sort of inspired by somebody who was getting picked on.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Like does that count? Right. Like,
0: is that something people can do? Like.
1: Totally, totally. And that's actually part two of the exercise. Oh, okay. So you hit so that I mean. right on the head. <laughs> no, 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 you hit that right on the head, but that's a really cool example because that's like an example of both inspiration, you know, he was inspired by this feisty girl. right? And, um, and also this like anger that, that came up inside him. And that's part two. You're going to notice for those two days the things that inspire you and touch your heart. You're going to mark them down. They're going to tell you so much about who you are. And then you're going to do something else during those two days. You're going to notice the stuff that hurts you or bothers you or rubs you the wrong way. And you're not going to say to yourself, I'm being too sensitive. Hmm. You're going to say, Hey, what is this sensitivity telling me? Because that's what we do. We tell ourselves we're too sensitive. We tell ourselves in both directions. With positive things, oh God, please, that's like a little too earnest. That is like so not cool. Don't go too far with that happiness, that love, that joy. It's embarrassing. We do it too with our pain, like, oh, I'm too sensitive. So every time something bothers you, every time something hurts notice it and write it down and put down the words of what hurts you because the things that hurt you the most, like have you ever noticed, I don't know if either of you have ever been in a situation where like something would happen in in a social setting and no one will seem bothered by it, but it's going to really bother you. Oh,
2: totally.
1: Oh, <laughs> <I'm>, totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. And do mm-hmm. you tend to sometimes tell yourself, I need to be a little less sensitive. I need to be like kind of a little bit more like everybody else. yeah. I I know I do
0: too. I (laughs) just can't not. Like, I've, my my family knows this, like, since I was a kid. It's notorious that somebody will, like, always have some medical emergency around me. And it's happened, like, at least almost like eight times where I'll be, like, sitting on a train. It's like, I used to live in New York, right, Ken? And so, you know how it is (laughs) in New York? Like, somebody, I've actually had, like, two, three times on a train, people just fell in front of me. And I'm like, huh? And nobody (laughs) responds. Mm. And I'm like, are you people fucking insane? There's a person on the floor right now. Yeah. And then like I go mm-hmm. and then everybody comes. And uh, I'm always just like, how can you not react?
1: Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm right with you. Like I really notice when people are not being acknowledged or honored. And yeah. when that happens, I'm like cringing and I look at everybody else and no one notices it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, said it sounds like you have something, some things like that too, oh, right? Definitely. Yeah. What, 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 what is it for you?
2: Um, well, I just think I'm like. So there's like situations, right? Like when a bunch of friends are talking, and I always notice when like one person is maybe being talked over more than another, yes, and the person doing yes. that is talking over, I see that all the time, and I'm always like. Er!
1: Just done it. <laughs> yes, 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 and that connects to your core gift of shyness and humility, mm-hmm. right. right? You feel it because you care about it so right. much, mm-hmm. and that's and that's exactly it. So, so you take these two days and you notice all those things, and you write down like, what am I caring about so much that's mm-hmm. more than other people? And also, then you ask yourself, how has life kicked me in the gut because right. I care so much about this? And then, so so those qualities that you kind of care a little extra much about, Mm -hmm. those represent your core gift. So everybody, try this exercise. Notice and actually dignify the stuff that hurts you Mm -hmm. and bothers you. Dignify it and do the same with the things that give you joy. And when you do that, you're going to get a picture of the human being that you are born to be if you finally embrace yourself. And then when you do that, and you lead with those parts of you and you show those parts of you, you will, you really, 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 the people you date will change. You will see it happen. You will start dating and meeting people that love that and you're going to be more turned on to them.
0: I love that, Ken. Yeah. I mean, you okay. know, from your mouth Amazing. to God's ears.
1: Watch. <laughs> or, watch or whatever yours. <laughs> so I would love you both to try this yep. and get back to me and let me know. Deal. Well um, do you want to do that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good. You know, you gave some tips on how to identify it. Now, what's the secret to transforming it into something constructive?
1: Okay, let's let's go into that because we kind of laid the groundwork for that yeah. already. But I just want to say one thing first. You, you were encouraging everybody to write and uh, send emails and give feedback. And what I want to say to everyone who's listening, try this. Try it, try it, try it, try it. See what happens and write back in because you will find such changes occur for you. Yeah, so. we would
0: love to mm-hmm. to, to uh, see how this is like panning out for everybody.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. and also for yeah. them
0: to connect with you. So we definitely want that.
1: That'd be great. That'd be great. Actually, if you go to deeperdatingpodcast.com, there's an icon of a microphone there and you can ask me any questions and I'll answer them on air. Perf. Love that. Um,
0: so how what's the secret tell us everything Ken (laughs)
1: I will I will well you folks just did the core part of this you named your gifts and you kind of like dignified them in your calling them gifts instead of just foibles or quirks or inadequacies or weirdnesses or whatever that's the first step the first step is to name them And to dignify them as gifts. And if you think about it, when you hit these qualities, there's like, and and here's some ways that you could know that you are touching a core gift. One is it has felt like a curse at times. yeah, Because its size is so big that it's hard to bear. Whether it's the bigness of your shyness like how it affects you or the bigness of your generosity or the bigness of your empathy, you feel at a certain point, like if I'm ever going to really make it in this world as a successful adult, I am going to have to lock that part of me up. I'm going to have to push it down. I'm going to have to tell it to grow up. I'm going to have to leave it behind and get on with my life because it's just too much.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And it's like, it's like if you can imagine that almost all of us do that with these core gift parts of ourselves, and then we go out into life and try to prove ourselves and be successful and accomplish but we leave that part behind but if you could imagine there's like this like stretchy, stretchy, stretchy bungee cord (laughs) and you go, you go, you go and all of a sudden you don't find love like you want to or you're blocked like in ways you wish you weren't blocked or you have like a really big emptiness inside. That's the point that you got to follow back back, find those qualities and say, I'm going to learn how to live with you. I'm going to learn how to lead with you. I'm going to learn how to experience you as a gift. And then when we do that, we help those parts of us grow up. So that's number one is is the naming them and uh, I gave you all some tools for doing that and the dignifying them. So those are the first two steps in terms of transforming them. The minute you've done that, you've come a really long way. The next step is you got to look at the kind of people you're attracting and you're attracted to. Right. You got to do some work in attraction lands. Because everybody tells us like all the dating advice, what is it all about? How to make yourself more attractive. But really what we got to focus on is who we're attracted to. Mm-hmm. Yep, because Because, you know, i remember i remember like my my years like in the club scene in new york and um like being chronically in my 20s and early 30s chronically chronically endlessly single and never not looking always looking for a partner and um i felt like the reasons were that i wasn't confident enough and i wasn't buff enough mm. And I never became confident, but at one point I did become pretty buff. Hella buff. Yeah. I really, yes, I really, really worked at it. And um, did I have more sex? Yes, I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. I had more hookups. Absolutely. I I had more people notice me for sure. Right. But did I have any more successful dates? Not one drop. Mm. Zero. Zero. It had nothing to do with the success of my love life. My sex life, yes. My love life, absolutely not. Mm. So I had to kind of really do some thinking about that. And that's the attraction piece. And here's the deal. When you show those parts of yourself that are core gifts, like when you make a decision that like, okay, my dating success is going to be, how much am I going to be the real person I am? That's how I'm going to define my success. Mm then your fear of rejection will actually diminish. It will. It's an amazing thing. <laughs> you go out onto dates and you're like, my intention is to be me. And if the person doesn't get it, they're not for me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and you're you're so right. Like we've um we've definitely talked about that on the show too, that you know, you're not looking for every single person to like right. you. You're looking for one right person to like, you know, to to yeah. sort of fit with or gel with. And part yeah. of that and, and like what you're saying also reminds me of um why you know cuz i am sort of in that pa- place in my life right now where i've stopped dating and i'm like the serial dater like aisha knows this like <laughs> it's always <laughs> there's always been somebody you know <laughs> and uh and now i've just been like no i'm really not interested until i feel like uh, it's with somebody that i can just totally be myself yep um and i've been correlating that to how i am with my my friends or my best friends or my family where it's like um with them, I can be, you know, silly Tasha. I could be angry Tasha. I could be uh, quiet Tasha. I could be whatever. And they still love and accept that um, for all of it. And uh, and yet sometimes when we go out into the dating world, yeah. we're trying to not be those things that we are with the people closest to us. Right. Um, I don't know. Is that like, that's just sort of how I see it is like like how you how you really are with like your closest people.
1: I think that's great. I think that's great. And 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 what you described to me is exactly what the path looks like mm-hmm. to find real love. Mm-hmm. Like you are you have described being on that path. And um you know, I talk about three stages of that and I've seen this again and again like the first stage is you make these mistakes of not honoring you. And then you always end up, you always, 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 always end up with people that hurt you and also don't honor you. So that's step one. It's you start to lose your taste for that. You just lose your taste for people that chip away at you and don't accept you. You just begin. And that's great. But then the second stage is weird. Because it's empty. It's an empty stage. It's like you left one room, you're out in the hallway, but you haven't walked through the next set of doors yet. And people stay there for kind of a while. That's the stage mm. you're describing.
3: Yeah. Natasha, where it's like...
1: I feel like that, yeah. That's stage two. That's stage two. And that's the movement getting you ready for stage three. Mm-hmm. And you're going to find it happening little by little. And, and watch, this really will happen. You're going to start finding people who... You're that yourself that you described and they really like it and they're safe mm-hmm. because you have gone through the stages to get there. That's what's happening. So that's great.
0: Yeah, I'm also old now and I don't give a
1: fuck anymore. <laughs> Yay, we get older. Yes, With that's the duck, a good giving, thing.
0: Giving less bucks, I'm like, oh, I'm just so tired. <laughs> if you don't like me, get the fuck away.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. It's like, it's just... Not worth it to yeah, do that exactly. again.
0: And by old, I mean twenty-two. Jeez, <laughs> God, twenty-two is so old now. Okay.
1: Well, good for you that you're learning so early. You're already in stage two of oh, three I'm stages. Around,
0: Ken, 22 <laughs> somewhere in my soul. <laughs> um, sorry, you were. Is are there more t- techniques? Because so that's the say st- that's yep, stage yep, yep. two.
1: Yep, yep, yep. There's more. There's more. Um. So okay. So then that stage is you lead with those parts of yourself. You show those parts of yourself. That's your intention. It's awkward. It's weird. Yeah. It also feels really good because you're like, oh, I am me. And then you watch. You watch to see who deserves that. Mm. You watch to see who earns it. You watch to see who's nasty to the weight person, even though they're nice to you. Mm. you. You just watch to see who deserves you and who can match you because, well, it's actually, there's a really interesting study that was done. There's big, 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 big study across genders, across ages, across geographies. And it was the qualities that you, that people most look for in a mate. And amazingly, it was not looks. It was not looks for men or women of any age. It was kindness and understanding. Mm-hmm. So that's what you want to lead with. And that's what you want to look for, which is so amazing because how many dating advice columns are about like, you got to learn, you got to learn to be more kind and understanding. (laughs) No, it's (laughs) never about that. Yeah. But that's like the number one factor. So you lead with that stuff, but you do it with discrimination and you make a choice. You're only, only, only going to choose what I call attractions of inspiration people who inspire you by how they live in the world by how they treat you and by how they treat other people. Anyone else, those are what I call attractions of deprivation. Mm -hmm. You just say no, and it's a big-ass decision. It's like it's an existential decision. Mm -hmm. But when you make that decision, it really helps. And when you do those things, you will already, by that point, you will. That's why in all of my classes, we spend a huge chunk of time first, always, helping people name their core gifts so that they can dignify them and then lead with them. So those are the stages. You name them, you see what they are, you lead with them, you only choose people who honor them. And you really, if you're serious about finding fabulous love, baby, that's the only, only way. And it works.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely sounds it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Damn. like I said, I'm in, I'm in stage two, so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> But you are so right. Like, I'm definitely being, like, I can just speak for me um, in that stage, but being much more focused and, like, more, um, and by, mean, when I mean focused, I mean, like, on one, being myself, and two, like, do I really, be- like, I'm watching people's behavior a lot mm-hmm. more and l- kind of what you said, like, is this person, one, deserving, and two, do they actually accept me? Like, I'm really listening to what people say now. And how I love they, it. How I they love like, it. react to the things that are super important to me. Um, that's right. it. And so, and if something is just like not clicking, I, I just don't make excuses now. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it was a nice try, but <laughs> onwards and upwards.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Absolutely. That's exactly, that's the process. That's it. That's it.
0: Well, Ken, this has been fascinating and and so um, inspiring I Mm -hmm. think for all of us like everybody here is definitely in the room uh, nodding their heads and thinking about things that uh, (laughs) that you know we feel have been our curses Um, so thank you so much for sort of finding a way to put a positive spin Mm -hmm. on the seemingly negative you know um, yeah so thank you for that
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, and you know, really, 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 if you're looking for happiness and love, this is the path. Because when you're with somebody who you're attracted to, and they are that way with you, it's like exultation. It is the <laughs> best, yeah. best feeling. So, and yeah, don't they this is exports like, the spot.
0: Everybody, everybody does annoying things, and but for some reason, the right person, like their <laughs> annoying things, right. are like endearing to you. <laughs>
1: Yes, I would say that's true for a number of years into their relationship, <laughs> and then, and then, but that's phase two of deeper intimacy, and uh, you know that's where you have to do the really hard work. But I still think that's just generally true. Like, yeah. like our kids, Greg's and my kids, like can point out the things that annoy them about us, and and yeah. do so endlessly. Yeah. And when when they do that with us, we're like, I don't know, I kind of think that's cute. Yeah, you know, we say <laughs> totally. that about each other. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I
0: even think of it like with my parents. Like, my dad used to annoy the fuck out of me when I was a kid. And I'd be like, oh, my (laughs) God, you're the worst. And now (laughs) I'm just kind of like, I'm like, oh, man, that crazy old nutbag. bag (laughs) (laughs) fun, crazy shit he says, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like so endearing now. I'm like, but uh, you're right. Great. You do kind of go through those stages. Like you love, and then you're kind of trying to right. like, fuck this person. And then you're like, no, wait, I really love you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. Um, that's the process.
0: <laughs> so Ken, uh, you're not done. We have six questions with you. Okay. Um, are you ready?
1: I think I am. <laughs> okay, so
0: these are our, it's like, it's like in Super Soul Sunday. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she does soul questions. We do dating questions. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So Kenny, here are your six questions. What is the first thing you notice about a potential partner?
1: His looks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I
0: appreciate the honesty because I'm the same way. Yes. Um, what is your one deal breaker?
1: Oh, I got quite a few of them. Um, I, but I would I would say like I would have to say like uh, addiction would be my number one deal breaker. Mm-hmm.
0: What turns you on?
1: A mixture of sweetness, intelligence, and self-trust.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you mean by self-trust? self-trust.
1: Like it's like when 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 you kind of like like when somebody when a guy trusts himself he's just who he is mm-hmm. and you could feel his feet on the ground and uh, I don't know there's something really nice about that.
0: Yeah, hey Ken, you you know any of those guys? You want to just forward up their names or anything?
2: <laughs> <laughs> also known
1: as BDE, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, I don't yeah. know this. I'm I'm uh, BDE. What is that?
2: Big Dick Energy.
1: <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. I have something to say about that whole alpha male thing, but if we have time, I'll come back to it.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, tell us one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships.
1: Oh, um, well, I got to do that same thing again of strength being weakness. But mm-hmm. okay, so one strength is that I feel everything. Uh-huh. I feel I'm the, I'm the princess and the pea around feelings. And uh, <laughs> that is a strength but it's also a weakness because it drives everybody a little bit batty or a lot batty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um what is love?
1: Oh. So love is that thing that is uh, that connects us it's that feeling of connection which goes so far and so deep and is so ancient inside our beings and thank God that we have that or we would all be completely fucked. (laughs) So true. Yeah. Um,
0: Besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you?
1: Oh, it would be Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, love
0: it. (laughs) Ken Page, thank you so, so much for joining us for this episode. How can people find you once again? Your podcast, you on social media?
1: Oh, thank you. Just go to deeperdatingpodcast.com or go to deeperdating.com or look for me at Ken Page LCSW on Twitter or Facebook.
3: Love
0: it. Uh, Aisha, how can people find you on social media? You guys can find me at Aisha Says
2: Dance across all social media platforms.
0: (laughs) We are at Kind of Dating across the board and I'm at Natasha Chandel on Facebook and Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Thank you all uh, for downloading this episode. If you can please take a few seconds and review us on iTunes and download the rest of our shows, we'd be so grateful. And remember, there's a video version of this podcast on YouTube. So search Kind of Dating, uh, subscribe, share, and comment. Also send us your dating stories and thoughts to dating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host and our social media producer. Our audio engineer is Adam Pineless. Jenna Ribbing is our associate producer. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yennick and Kay Daniel Ellis.